0: Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city.
1: My business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like doing something that has legacy.
0: Food tech is a topic and an area and an industry that's really uh, big in Dubai We've had lots of big delivery apps from around the world, a lot of investments, but there seems to be with so much uh, restaurants and so many nightlife places for people to go, so many tourists and such a vibrant social calendar that people have in this city. There seems to be a lot more innovation and, and things to do. It's not a industry that, um, I would particularly know how to crack, so I'm always interested to speak to entrepreneurs about that, it seems really daunting. And the guest this week has come up with a unique solution to sort of help uh, connect people with the best places to go and the best things to do. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast, another exciting Dubai startup story today. I'm here with Josh Ashley Collins, the CEO and co-founder of Playbook. So Playbook is a lifestyle app giving users all access, free-to-use listings of all ongoing restaurant and hospitality offers, as well as experiences curated exclusively for Playbook users. So we're going to talk about how they came up with the idea, uh, the dining and hospitality industry, and the, the B2B, the SaaS industry in general, and looking ahead uh, at the future of Playbook and their plans for the future. So welcome, Josh. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good Thanks to Thanks for here. coming in. So
1: yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about the idea? Of course. Cool. So in short, uh, Playbook's a marketplace for the hospitality industry. Um, for the consumer, we're the only app that shows exactly what's going on around town in terms of the in-house offerings. Yeah. And so that's everything from brunches, ladies' nights, free-flowing evenings, et cetera, that can be filtered and searched in like a geolocated way. Uh, And for the the merchant, we're a a fully self-serving platform that allows brands to push out their offerings as and when the business requires.
0: Amazing. So it's a kind of a fresh idea that you came up
1: with. uh, And did you think it was specifically needed in Dubai? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess if we go back to like kind of my story and how it kind of, started um, I moved here with Deliveroo about five years ago I was there for about two and a half years um, and um, I was interviewed when I first moved here by um, an app called Repeat App I don't know if you've you've heard of them they're like a loyalty based app here yeah. in Dubai yeah and um, they well the the CEO um, me and him got very close and I didn't end up working for him however we became um, quite good friends and about two and a half years into Deliveroo um, I knew I wanted to do something within this space with bars, restaurants, hotels but like you know most entrepreneurs it's like where do I start and Omar was one of the first people that I reached out to um, and in short we so basically... This is the repeat app guy. The repeat app CEO yep. yeah so in short we, um, we basically put our heads together um, realised there were like loads of issues within you know the the discount culture discount apps and hospitality in general and over the next kind of six months we identified lots of these issues and came up with a solution which was which was playbook and we, we, we founded the company together
0: okay it. amazing so marketplace so essentially you obviously need both sides to, to come a, a, and do that as well but you know in terms of loyalty and vouchers is it is the playbook experience is it something that is an aggregator of lots of offers and discounts or, or is there and what else is there?
1: Yeah, so um, we quickly realized that, that good brands, whether you're like a Zuma or a Pickle, they, they don't want to be associated with discounts at all, whether that's a two for one or 30% off. And when we were looking at all of these brands, we realized that every single bar, restaurant, hotel offered something that technically was discounted. So mm. that could be a business lunch or you know some sort of corporate happy hour, like it, however you word it, it is a discount. So, what we did is we essentially took all of these in house offers that people are offering and then digitized it mm. and made it so people can filter and search exactly what they want to do. Because, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with that question do you know where's good to go tonight? Yeah. You know, where's good to go for a business lunch? And, you know, we've all done it. We've all spent hours looking online, um, you know, trying to find out what's still going on. I might be stood in downtown thinking I want to do a ladies' night, but. It's showing me stuff in yeah, Dubai Marina, for example. So mm. in short, all we've done for consumers is essentially digitize what's already out there. Yeah, it
0: makes sense. And when you say you, you put together, you digitize what's out there, uh, did you actually manually go to all these places? Did you scrape their profiles online? You're not, you're not pulling it from some other app or other service. You're kind of curating this data and entry and then updating it as the offers change.
1: Exactly. So we've got a, um, a research team here in Dubai. So we'll call up every, call up, meet, visit, look on their socials website and understand truly what, what is going on during the week. And, you know, something we realized that these deals and offers change, you know, bi-weekly, yeah. you know, because there might be one marketing person looking after X number of brands. And, um, you know, for Easter, for example, everyone does like an Easter Sunday thing or you know, it all changes during Ramadan. So what we do is we have everything up to date that people can search by price, day, what they're looking for, redeemable pool days, whatever it is, Yeah, in one place, basically.
0: Yeah. Amazing, so, but there, you know, obviously there's apps like the Entertainer and things like that and other vouchers thing. I think I, think I was kind of nodding when you said that the voucher space and discount space is a bit fragmented um, and we're trying to simplify that and how have how, how what you produced now, so, how has this simplified and made a difference?
1: So there's a, there's a couple of things there. So firstly, if you think about it, no merchant, bar, restaurant, hotel, why would they give a third party something better than what they're already offering in store? So they, someone may work with like one of these big discounters, they might give a great two-for-one, but actually in store, they'll probably offer something better in mm. some capacity. Mm. But they, they might not call it two-for-one mains, they might call it a free-flowing evening or... You know xyz whatever it may be people will always offer something better in store than what they're they're offering um to, to, to because third parties they parties exactly
0: get the directly yeah but
1: the big problem is visibility you know if i don't follow their social media or i'm not sat in the restaurant how do i know about it and that's the big problem we've mm. given these brands a platform to showcase yeah. what's going on yeah they could advertise but yeah um, they could do that as well. <laughs> of course um,
0: so yeah so, so two and a half years ago is that when you and and omar is that when you guys did did playbook evolve out of Repeat app or is it are there two standalone?
1: they are two so they're two separate companies we're yeah. like the sister company yeah. so when you know like most entrepreneurs they think right i've got a kind of a, a rough idea of what i want to do the big thing is like where do I start you know mm-hmm. what do I do I'm not I'm not techie at all mm. um, how do I build an app how do I build a merchant panel where do I start with fundraising how do I hire how do I incorporate etc so what this happened over the space of six months you know I met up with Omar um, and said look this is roughly what I'm looking to do and over the space of half a year um, he basically said cool I'm in let's let's do this together so What came out of that is, you know, he's got a team of 50, 60 people at the moment, and he's been in the market a number of years. He basically said, let's um, create a, let's co found a business together, Mm. use my tech resources, you know, legal support, advice more than anything um, about how to fundraise, how to incorporate. So having him in the business has been like a saving grace because Mm. to be honest with you, I probably would have fallen on my face a year and a half ago, if I didn't have someone kind of like guiding and someone that's been through it to really kind of say like what's what's been happening. yeah. Um, And he'd he'd also experienced a lot through repeat about what's worked, what hasn't, what are the pain points that merchants have. And what we've done is, you know, created that business based on my experience at Deliveroo working with all of these bars, restaurants, hotels, as well as his experience of actually doing it and, and kind of fitting that gap. So
0: the, the kind of chronological phase here is that you guys have the idea, you decide to do this together, uh, co-founder, and, and you're running it because he's busy with something else, and then uh, leveraging resources and advice, and you get an app out. Is that the kind of MVP you kind of started that way? or
1: this? That's a simple way of doing it, <laughs> but it's a bit more turbulent than that. So. Um, initially, I mean, the, the, idea really developed over, over the first year, mm. um, of getting out, speaking with people. So initially we knew that we wanted to, to do something that wasn't discounting because yeah. we knew that, you know, there was a big, you know, I'm sure you're aware like the, the discount culture is just so, um, you know, there's, there's so many discounters, you know, whether it's a concierge service, two for ones or however you phrase it, you know, they probably work if, they're, if the brand is open to discounting, they probably work with the entertainer. If they're against it, if they're against discounting, it doesn't matter what, how you coin it or how you phrase it, they're not going to work with you, mm. you know? So we knew we wanted to do something in this space. So for the consumer, it's quite straightforward. You can just open your phone. You can find out exactly what's going on. For the merchant, it's a bit more in-depth than that. So what we essentially created was a self-serving platform whereby... The merchant can self-sign up. He can upload his trade license, VAT, and and sign up. He can do two things. They can push out their internal, they can post their internal offerings, like what they're offering install themselves. But they can also have the ability to curate and post a value add offer, essentially, or experience Mm -hmm. or package. And so what I mean by this is we're, we've identified that consumers, our our user profile is less concerned about price and more focused on value. Mm. So, you know, me personally, okay, I can get 20% off at that restaurant in Dubai Marina, but is that enough to entice me to to drive there? You know, probably not. Mm. What I would rather do is pay a bit more, but get a load more value. Mm. So we would ask the brand, what does the average person spend on any given day? and that might be 200 dirhams. So we would say put on something for 300 dirhams and give them the value of 400 dirhams. Hmm. So it's kind of, again, it's how you kind of coin it. Is it Hmm. a discount? Like we're not putting it like that. Um, We're all about getting customers to spend a bit more, but then giving them a load more value.
0: And could places, if they don't have a value add, could they just list what type of music is playing on Friday night, an event?
1: Yeah, of course. They can do that too. This is something that we're actually branching out to at the moment. Yeah. So at the moment, anything F&B related that's going on, we want to be the platform where people post what's yeah. happening basically yeah. live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they if they post these exclusive packages, these can just be per- purchased in-app by consumers. They can turn up and eat and drink okay. the value of what they purchased.
0: And how is the how does the redemption work?
1: So no tech is required in store for the merchants. We've, you know, this is where, in short, I mean, there's some things in this market that work and that people are aware of. And we've mimicked in a certain way the redemption process of successful apps because Mm. it allows people to scale quite quickly. So Mm. you as a consumer, you can download the app for free. You don't have to pay or or register. Um, You can very simply just browse what's going on around town. And show it. Yeah, and if you if you want to purchase something that's been curated exclusively, um, you can register, it takes like two seconds, and you can purchase that package through Apple Pay. You would turn up, um, and the wait staff would just enter a unique four-digit PIN, and then mm. you could just redeem whatever you want, basically.
0: Okay, and do what's the cost? Do you get a percentage?
1: Yeah, so... Um, to the consumer, it's free. You yeah. just buy the package for 200. You can eat and drink 400, for example. Um, for the merchant, we charge a monthly subscription. We charge a 5% on any transaction that goes through us. Mm. Um, but the big value add to merchants is the the ability to get customers to come back sooner. So mm. if you go to, say, Mamazonia tonight, you walk in, you eat, um, they don't know who you are. They might know who you are, but they won't know... <laughs> They won't know who their customers are, basically. But mm. if they come in via Playbook, we can show the merchant in real time on our dashboard the name, age, location, where they were stood when they purchased it. Mm. Um, Playbook can understand the, the behaviors of the users. So I c- I'll i know that you've been able to... You've clicked on Aura Skypool, and then you've went to Mamazonia, and you've been stood here when you do it. So mm. the idea for this is... Two things, one is to give you personalized recommendations. So like, hey, we know you liked Momazonia, have you checked out Atelier M, for example? Mm. Uh, the second is to, to enable these brands to bring back their customers sooner and to offer them personalized things. Mm. So they can say, right, I want to send someone, everyone that's been to Mamazonia in the last week this is what we want to do for them. And we can send it directly to their, to their phone, basically.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. And so a couple of more technical things. So um, where did you register? Which free zone? Which license did you get?
1: So we went mainland. We've got a mainland business. Um, you know, to be honest, this is actually a very confusing process about incorporation. Where's the best place to do it? How do you do it? So again, thank you to Omar, who kind of advised, <laughs> like, you know, we set up mainland. Um, we've got a small office at the moment in Albasha. Um, we can go into this a bit more but we're currently in the process of opening up a few more offices and what
0: so mainland, I was really getting at that yeah the activities like what type of category do you call this Um, and and why why multiple offices
1: yeah so the the category I I know it's
0: Um, the activity that you've
1: oh god that's such a very good question I think it's it's not food, it's food tech. Yeah. But the, the actual name of the activity is something slightly different. Something you know? else, but you're
0: in the food tech sort of, If for investors, you're in that category. Food right tech, then, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, food tech kind of space. I mean, right now, like, what we didn't want to do is focus on a variety of things, right? We wanted to kind of focus on a bit of a niche and be hopefully be known for that. Yeah. However, you know, we'd like to develop the product further to kind of maybe go into a few different things. You yeah. Know, maybe that's... Gyms, health, fitness. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know more. So something we didn't want to do actually is, um, you know, typical things you can find on Groupon. Mm. So the tourist attractions, the desert safaris, the um, like the typical tourist sites, the theme yeah. parks, for example. Yeah. Um, and the moment you go into these kind of things, you compete on price, right? There's nothing unique you can do or add value to that. And it's just a race to the bottom. Mm. So that's we wanted to avoid those kind of things where we couldn't, you know, provide more value basically to customers. Okay,
0: but you you also seem to like the F and B space. Uh, like Deliveroo was obviously in that space. It was tech and food tech maybe, and um, and then this. Where is that interest in the? F&B space come from? Did you study something or did you work in the yeah, space? Yeah, I think,
1: to be honest, I, I kind of fell into the job at Deliveroo. Mm. You know, I never specifically wanted to kind of go into it. I mean, I... Were you working with them in the UK first? Or, no, no, no so I got a job and then moved to. So I worked in their corporate team, Deliveroo mm. for Business. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm, I was more interested in this space because I have these problems. You know, I've essentially created something that I would use myself. Mm. You know, because... I had friends come over at Christmas, and I'm in this space. I look at bars, restaurants, you know, seven days a week, basically.
0: Mm.
1: And someone said to me, "Like, do you know where's good to go?" On it was like Sunday night, and I thought, "Actually, you know, no, I don't. Mm. <laughs> no, I couldn't tell you where's busy, where's lively, where's got you know, where's where's good to go." You know, mm. I'd probably go to five or six places frequently, mm. and that's kind of is what drove me to create Playbook because mm. it's an issue everyone faces. You know, where do I go? What's going on? Um, and that, that was the main reason of, kind yeah, of going into FNB.
0: And, and the name playbook, it, it, sounds like something sports related or a playbook for a business. How, is it more about like, you know, uh, play and have fun is that sort of idea? Like yeah. a phone book?
1: Yeah. So this, i say this took us about four months to decide the name. Okay. And, you know, we had a huge whiteboard with a hundred names on that would change frequently changed yeah. daily basically
0: how, when you and say us how many people were you working
1: so f- for the first year it was me uh, basically a man with a dream just yeah, like cause... speaking and signing up like letters of intent so when we first started it was we didn't have a business i quit my job and thought we're doing this kind of thing and we got maybe like a hundred letters of intent signed by bars restaurants hotels which actually means nothing it's just a way of you know, saying, hey, if we do this, would you be interested kind of thing? So for the first year, um, it was speaking to hundreds of bars, restaurants, hotels, thinking of a name. And sorry, going back to your question. Um, yeah, go ahead. We, yep. we spent, well, I would say we, I, <laughs> um, the idea of playbook, I actually, you know, I, I was resorting to looking through like Netflix, for example, of seeing names of titles of films of series to see if anything kind of caught my eye. And there was like a series called, I don't know, some had the word playbook in it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, wow, like in sport and business, a playbook is the place you look to find out what to do. Yeah. It's got fun connotations there you of go.
0: play and book. That makes sense. Yeah. And this is why we came up
1: with, with playbook, basically. Because
0: yeah. so. it was interesting, because I picked up on the wee bit because sometimes with logos and names, it's very subjective and it's almost, you know... It's almost not worth spending too much time on. Of course, it's crucial, but but you almost just need to pick something and stick with it and just run with it.
1: Yeah. I think it was like, <laughs> for about two months, it was Finder. Yeah. But then I thought, oh, Finder could be like insurance. Yeah. Right. But it's very difficult. It's okay. very difficult. It's probably the same as like naming naming a child. Like yeah. Think, what, do I, what do I call it? So, um, yeah, we came up with Playbook. Uh, we're happy with the name. Good. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. nice and so when did you actually launch it
1: so we um we launched in march this year uh we soft i mean we soft launched in october but we, we had loads of
0: yeah. we developed like this is
1: like like every time we've released the product we've spent weeks if not months going out speaking to bars restaurants hotels speaking to customers what will you what will you use how will you use it getting feedback and by March, this is like a year and a half later, um, we officially launched in, in the markets. Mm. Um, we've been, you know, we haven't really done a huge amount of marketing. To be honest with you, um, we've wanted to see when we put like when we've done a little bit of marketing, what happens? What, yeah. What's our retention like? Who's using it? How many people are sharing it? So we wanted to really see is this something people will use without, you know, if we take our hands off the steering wheel, will it will it will it move basically?
0: But but technically like from October into March if I came across the app like it was a product that worked at that stage. Yeah, it was
1: in the app store in yeah. October basically. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, cuz I think you know exactly cuz it's an interesting phrase isn't it when you launch like you know it's almost like like when you open a business it's like everything is perfect but with with tech and startups it's iterative process so you're constantly Sort of like it could be a couple of years in beta while it's kind of constantly evolving and
1: it's very difficult. adding features and everything. Of course, it's very difficult because I I'm not from a technical background and when you say you know create a self serving platform and create an app, it's you know where do you begin? Mm. You know we we started by getting a mobile phone and drawing at. Out on a bit of paper and saying page one, I want this through to page fifty, I want that. But these things change, you know. It yeah. needs to be very quick in moving, changing, adapting. Because I think that the biggest mistake we made back in October was assuming people wanted certain things. You know, so we would spend weeks building something that we thought was good, but in reality, it wasn't something people we were using, or there was features that weren't being used. So for the last year, it's been a constant back and forth about. What works, what doesn't, you know, and and that's something that we've we've kind of learnt to to overcome, if you like.
0: And what about funding? Did you go raise funds?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've raised. We recently just closed a the of funding. Um, so we've raised seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to date. Um, we raised a very small
0: pre-seed or yeah. Seed. So
1: I mean, I'm always a bit unsure about the pre-seed. So yeah. Technically, it's like a seed. Yeah. Now, I guess. Yeah. We raised um, a quarter of a million dollars. Um, First of all, it was kind of self-funded between myself and Omar. Mm. Um, We were kind of funding it for the first, say, half a year, nine months. We then did like more like a family and friends kind of round of a quarter of a million dollars. Mm. And that enabled us to build a basic team. Um, We've just closed a round of just under half a million dollars, very recently, actually, Mm. um, which is enabling us to essentially, um, yeah, looking at scaling very quickly, basically.
0: Brilliant. Uh, So so kind of that's... Uh, you know amazing intro and things like that let's talk a little bit about the industry and sort of what led you to some decisions so um, I guess there's two things there's the vouchers and discount part and then there's the fine things what to do Mm -hmm. Um, and you're you're straddling between both of them you're kind of across both of them.
1: Absolutely I think um, you know I very recently went to Germany um, and just a prime example like what what is around me what is there to do and my immediate thing is like i looked on tripadvisor but the problem is you know again maybe a bit of an assumption i would only look at tripadvisor if i was in another country and didn't know what to do mm. right but this typically shows the the touristy kind of things the attractions the most reviewed things in a lot of cases not actually the happening places mm. and to be honest like in in the uk as well like the only person I know that uses TripAdvisor, probably my mother to find out like what am I going to do kind of thing so we kind of identified that you know wherever you are in the world, you want to be able to open up your phone and find out what is near you what's going on, where's busy you know maybe a student where can I find a student night or where can I take my wife or girlfriend out to out to dinner so mm. we kind of identified that you know there's search and discovery tools for you know Yelp or open table but they don't show the happening places, like, mm. where do I actually want to go? Mm. Um, and believe it or not, as far as we're aware, we're the only app that geolocates search and filter of what people are already offering in store. So this is the real gap we're, we're, we're trying to nail, basically.
0: Yeah. and I think, um, so the, the discount piece, as you said, you offer the value add. So it's about what's happening and what's uh, buzzy as well, rather than just a discount, because. A discount mindset, as you said, isn't for everyone. Like not everyone would decide what to do based on 20% off.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I would, you know, I get a two for one at Nando's. That's mm. great. Mm. But it's because it's, it's known for, I know I can get a two for one at Nando's mm. or a two for one at, you know, whatever brand it may be. Um, but I just don't think in a lot of cases it's enough for our user profile specifically to give someone a 20% off to decide out if they're going to go there or not. Whereas if I told you, for example, go to this place, if you spend more, you're going to get a load more value. And this is, you know, instead of discounting, we're going the other end of the spectrum. We're actually, we're saying to brands, charge them more, but give them a load more. Right. But do
0: you think that if you, if you didn't have the discount part, obviously the value is there, but if you could try to create an app that uh, was more focused on, uh, the kind of hidden, the hidden gems, or the, play, the cool bars around town that are packed. Right, then you might come up with a different solution that isn't price led or value led. That's just, uh, you know, like a cool level or a trendy level. Like for people to arrive somewhere that they don't know. What are the five popular bars this month that will change in three months' time? Like, is that something that you? you it's almost impossible to, to code.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, like Love buy Dubai, for example, is what you do, right?
0: Um, kind of i mean local news and lifestyle like we we talk more about kind of communities and trending stories but we're not necessarily like we're populist mainstream media but we're not necessarily the really kind of cool five or six bars and stuff like that and i guess this is this is a thing you know everyone's different when you have discount it's common denominator so families might want to try and find Mm -hmm. value uh people looking who people foodies might try and find value people looking for social life but then people into sport people into other things would would look for different things you know not, not everyone necessarily is looking for where to go in dubai <laughs>
1: yeah yeah of course i think it's all like perceived value right yeah like everyone's got a different idea of what they're looking to do true you know so what we're trying to do is really kind of focus on a user profile that is less price conscious more value-led right? yes yeah. so Um, we'll we'll see basically how how this looks For now um, we're we're very happy with our product and uh, we to kind of move this forward Uh,
0: amazing and so when you kind of audited the market as well like uh, what's you know software for restaurants is a hard thing to decide what to do from a procurement point of view you mentioned letter of intent and things like that but they're, they're in a restaurant, uh, sometimes they have an office, sometimes it's the till and like to have many applications and many things. What was your experience of that? And even from a Deliveroo point of view, right? Like, because they, they all have these devices that are branded by the yeah, till now. Yeah, it's
1: tough. It's very tough because, you know, lots of our partners, they say, hey, I get four or five calls a week, right, of people doing discounts or you know, new delivery providers, an example. And it's a very congested market. It's very difficult to kind of get through. So um, this is why we've really tried to do something that is very different to what, you know, I say very different. We're, we're doing something that's not been done in this market, basically, because, yeah. you know, like you said, there's, if you go into most restaurants, there's all these different delivery apps and staff are confused about all the new apps that are kind of coming on. So it's, it's hard. It's a congested market in yeah. terms of kind of getting into the space. But... Something that they, like, our partners like is the fact that we don't discount. We're not a discount platform. We Mm. won't tarnish your brand. We're giving you a consolidated place to post everything that's kind of happening. Nice. Um, Yeah. You know, we don't require any tech in store. Um, All you need is a four-digit pin, which we stick on the till. That's it. Okay. So... But yeah, it's, it's, it's a congested space. Let's
0: make it simple. But in, Because there's uh, there's reservation apps as well. Do you sort of complement them? or Because it's different a bit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so this is something we're looking to kind of get into. Um, we're kind of, you know, what we want to have is the full user experience of finding something, you know, opening the app, finding what you want to do, finding what's, what's going on, and then booking a table if required. But mm. the problem with this is that every booking every POS has a different integration which is required so for such a small company to build something to have the manpower to integrate into hundreds of different POSs it's just unfeasible mm. at this point anyway so mm. but 100% this is a space we'd love to get into in terms of being able to book.
0: Yeah and how how's your you mentioned you're in Germany and uh, uh, you know how, what's your perception of the sort of industry and, and these trends. Like we, we obviously know, sort of the delivery space in, in food tech exploded in, in Dubai and UAE in the region in the last 10 years. And that's kind of getting more mature. And there's even faster delivery apps now. And, you know, it, it's almost like that was a market that didn't exist. It was, ex- it existed. Delivery, I think, even went public and lots of things happened. And now it's becoming a subset of that market is happening. Uh, what space that you're in do you think that there's you know apps in the us like say reservation apps or review apps or discount apps that are so sort of really big and are there are there new trends in that area as well
1: of course so um you know if you look at one of the biggest players in the us open table for example there's open table there's yelp um obviously post-covid numbers are actually kind of returning to how they were 2019 like globally you know people are wanting to go out and spend more restaurants are looking for innovative ways to you know they're looking to do one of two things they're either looking to fill up seats because they're quiet or if they're busy they're looking they're always open to letting people spend more you know and these are the two things we're really focusing on getting people in if you're quiet or if you're busy seven days a week how do we get them to spend more and Mm -hmm. that's why we have our kind of upsell if you like um but yeah the market is is returning to its normal kind of levels and we see this as a, as a huge opportunity, you know, to, to expand quickly.
0: It's a good timing, isn't it? Yeah, like it would have put people off to, well, if you were advanced, if you were more advanced than you are now and the pandemic happens, your business is gonna be hit a lot more. Whereas when you're building during that phase, you can kind of time the of market.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were, we were just starting out in the midst of COVID, right? <laughs> Which sounds a bit crazy, but we kind of had the assumption that, you know, this will end at some point and when it does, you know, lots of the people that were out there probably, you know, it's a, it's a hard time. If we had, you know, 20 staff then, we would have, like, we would have struggled to kind of stay afloat because mm. no one's going out, bars, restaurants are shut. However, you know, we actually incorporated in the midst of COVID, mm. right, which sounds a bit crazy, but we spent this time speaking with people, developing the tech, um, and, you know, speaking to investors, finding out, you know, building our product roadmap. Um, but yeah, of course, we, we launched, Post COVID, and things are rapidly re- returning to normal. Amazing. So we see this as a, as a huge opportunity.
0: It shows resilience to stick with a plan. Like I, I know people who gave up on business plans and businesses in the travel industry during COVID. So it shows resilience to kind of plow through.
1: It's tough. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a <laughs> lot of times. So I thought, you know, what are we doing? Kind of thing. But uh, we we were adamant. There's a space in you know. There's a space in the market for this. So. We spent yeah, we spent a lot of time, it's been but it's been turbulent, right? Yeah. It's been ups and downs and lots of no's in terms of you know, especially when we first started is you know, a lot of no's from bars, restaurants, hotels or come back to us when you've got something. Yeah, right? you know, but when you don't have it, when you've got nothing, limited funds, knocking on doors, that's that's when it's been tough. But so luckily having a, a business partner and co founder that's, you know, kind of been through it has has yeah. It's the hardest part.
0: And it's why it's a good example and, you know, for you to be honest about it and to share it because everyone knows that that period is the hardest, isn't it? Like Definitely. to convince people of your, something you believe in.
1: Yeah, I think the hardest thing was actually quitting, quitting my job and starting, <laughs> you know, because you leave the security of having a visa, a monthly salary. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't jump, once you've jumped off, it's easy because you're in it then, right? Yeah. You kind of think, right? I've got to keep it moving and, and moving. So yeah, um, yeah. Very grateful that a couple of years later we we're now looking at our plans beyond the UAE, which is super exciting. Uh,
0: amazing, and we'll get to that. But just in your observation of say the the UAE F and B industry at the moment, um, specifically around marketing and football and things like that. Do you think that you know sometimes they lead too much with um, themed nights and not necessarily their core offering in the food and the and the restaurant name and and that of type of thing and why why you know that leads to discounts doesn't it and why has it kind of gone that way here?
1: There's so many new bars, restaurants, hotels always opening up. You True. Know? Um, something that if you open up new on West Palm Beach, for example, within six months there's you know I think there's like ten or twelve beach clubs just opening <laughs> right, up. Yeah. There, you know so if you're already based there it's tough to stay relevant you yeah. know. And, and all the other
0: places that there's beach clubs and everything yeah
1: yeah it's tough it's really yeah. tough to stay relevant so lots of places are always rebranding you know changing their marketing changing the offers because you have to unless you're one of the the known places to go it's tough because people want value you know they want value or they want someone that's just busy and lively yeah and that's a difficult thing to gauge like what makes somewhere truly busy. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's like crowds attract crowds, right? If it's just the place to go, it's the place to go. So brands always have to, you know, be on their feet and, and do things. So in terms of offering these like theme nights, if you're quiet, what do you do? You mm. know, if you don't want to do a 50% discount on a Tuesday, people are looking to do these, you know, ladies nights or free-flowing evenings or or change things up because they need to get people in.
0: Mm. And, you, you know, do you think that that's kind of a systematic thing about here? Like, because it, it's just a makeup of the city or is it a maturing city? Or do you think other cities have these challenges in the F&B industry?
1: It's difficult. I think every market's different. I think here is known for the things like the themed evenings. Mm. Is it, The place is known for brunches, for example. Like a brunch in London is very different to a brunch here. So Dubai, I think this is just the Dubai, what people expect. Mm. They expect themed evenings you know, whether it's dinners, whatever it may be. In London, it's a bit different because there's less themed evenings. There's more, it's more a search and discovery kind of thing. Play for London, to be honest with you, because Dubai is a small city. People know roughly, you know, what's around. Whereas London, like I'm from the UK and if I'm in a different part of London, I don't know. I don't, I won't have a clue, you Mm. know, the size of the city, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about Dubai is that I was at a property thing during the week and they described it as cities within cities and as it matures, you know, say the Palm, you give the example of the Palm, a lot of, over the years, residents on the Palm didn't have a nicer mall, they didn't have Mm. all these beach clubs and now they almost don't really need to leave. It attracts other people in but, you know, there's just so much options now depending on where you live as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like the, um, it's just, where, where do you go? Mm, yeah. you know, where do you go? It's the last question. Do you know where it's good, good to go? Okay, or, playbook. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, exactly.
0: <laughs> but so, so also, you mentioned that some restaurants don't do offers, right? But other restaurant owners might necessarily be into tech. And I kind of touched on this about getting them on board. But how important, I remember years ago, it was one of the first companies we spoke to I um, love in Dubai like in 2015 and I knew of them through my office life before um, they were a salad company I remember speaking to the owner and he was like I'm not going on delivery apps yeah, and three wow. or four years later he didn't doesn't exist yeah you have so, to you, have to, like, you know <laughs> so how do you like because we're delivery as well so like how do you kind of you know is it hard for some people who are passionate about food to kind of embrace tech
1: Yes, of course. I mean, delivery apps are different because you know you got the Deliveroo, Zomato, Talabat. Like trying to convince someone to download your app, you know, is is tough because people don't have fifty apps on their phone. You know, they want a marketplace, mm. and certain demographics use certain apps. You know, delivery apps specifically. Mm. You know, so of course it's tough. I mean, it would be easy if everyone was like loving tech and wanting to be on all the latest platforms. I guess it would be easy, but the big barrier is. People's brand, people have very strong brand identities here where they're just like, no, I don't want to be associated with any app, or I don't want to be next to that brand, or I don't want to have that next to me. So this is a huge challenge. But mm. you know, people realize that it goes back to you know, having the, the mix between being on a platform like Playbook where we don't discount, and also the need for more revenue or getting people in. So there are some brands we're aware that will never go on our app, Hmm. you know, there's some brands that will just be like, no, I don't, I don't do it, which is, which is fine.
0: Yeah, that's just, and Josh, when you're speaking to the restaurants, like you described it as sort of a cold calling approach or a, a people person meeting, but are there, obviously Dubai has a lot of hospitality groups that have many brands under them. Do you speak to the hospitality groups and do some of them have sort of people looking at these tech products?
1: Yeah, this is the this is why it's very difficult because you know it's it's quite easy to not easy but like it's easier to sign up like single single brands right because it's a quick decision making process. But when you look at some of these wider groups, they they need to have you know the app needs to have the presence of you know if I'm going to be um, associated with you, you need to have you need to be one of the market leaders basically. So getting into some of these groups is, is again it's not easy you know but. It's one of these things that requires, you know, being chiseled away at to kind of get that reputation to to kind of push through it. So mm. we were, again, because we're not discounting, we were able to get in with lots of like the major hotels here. Mm. And this is how we've been able to basically sign up lots of people we have because we started initially with the good brands, you know, with the Marriott's, the Kapinski Taj Hotels. Like because the problem is if you start signing, you know, less favorable brands to begin with. You'll never get the, the big groups that like you're, you're talking about. So, what we did straight off the bat was only go for these sought after brands, basically.
0: Yeah. And then that's a kind of a proof of what's the word? Like, that's a proof to the other ones that you were able exactly. to get those big brands. Yeah, yeah, of
1: course. So, right now, it's, you know, we've got salespeople on the ground. Um, however, we're kind of pivoting a little bit to um, full SaaS, so completely self serving. So, we've basically proven concept in the sense that you know, good brands want to work with us. Um, we've also proven that customers are organically downloading, using like frequently. So the, the the next kind of development in our roadmap is the ability to, you know, have our HQ here and then market through LinkedIn, for example, where people can just completely self sign up mm-hmm. like start to finish. We're, we're trying to eliminate the need to have people on the ground to get these brands on board. Okay.
0: It makes sense and you, you mentioned other markets as well like what, what's the view of market entry for you
1: so right now we are we're actually in the process of hiring we're setting up an office in um, Islamabad in Pakistan mm. basically I mean half our team are from Islamabad Pakistan so we've decided to actually set up a um, data a, almost like a data hub in, in Pakistan um, we're currently in the process of researching. New York, and London. So these are going to be... They're completely apart, but these are going to be our our first two international markets, if you like. Amazing. Um, we've picked the city. I'm from the UK, obviously. Um, and Repeat has actually just opened up an office in the USA. So we are... Yeah, we're, we're going to London and New York okay. by hopefully January next year. So. Okay.
0: That's quite, quite interesting. Like, there was a really good uh, article on LinkedIn last night by a VC guy, and it was title from Mina to the world. And I think that's sort of the energy that people have on startups, that it can be founded in Dubai and it can go internationally. Uh, but usually people might look regionally first. Uh, do, do you particularly think that from f and and for this type of product, that it suits a sort of um, a more affluent, sophisticated restaurant or a nightlife place?
1: Yeah, I, again, it's difficult because everyone's like, you know, go venture across the rest of GCC. But like, firstly, I don't speak Arabic. Secondly, I've never been to any other GCC country. Like these are two for me anyway. These are two huge blockers to, mm. you know, think where do I where do I start? What is the culture in terms of buying? What's the process of, you know, it's it's a very difficult thing to do. It's an easy thing to say oh, I'm going to go to Saudi, but when it actually comes down to how will that work? How will it be translated?
0: You're not using other, your strengths. You're not No, yeah.
1: exactly. Exactly. I I'd really struggle. So, you know, we've essentially picked the you know, the two the two biggest English-speaking cities. Um, that we're familiar with mm. you know this makes the most sense for us true and the fact that we can do it all remotely or most of it remotely it just makes sense you mm. know so these are this is the kind of first point of call for us um and then yeah we'll we'll see after
0: but do you, you know your vision and your plans for playbook do you think it can work in places like Islamabad or Riyadh
1: no so we I mean <laughs> it, it, it could I mean it could but you know I don't know. The, the honest answer is I don't know. Like when I say we're setting up in Pakistan, we're not looking to launch the app in Pakistan. We're just looking to have basically a team in Pakistan. Yeah. Um. But the honest answer is, I'm not actually too sure because yeah. I've never been. You yeah. Know? Um, but
0: but but necessar- the product you're craving for is for. People in Dubai, London, New York, that's the kind Initially, of market yeah. I, Initially,
1: you know, yeah, the overall vision is like, I believe that wherever you go in the world, you should understand what is going on around you, what are people offering, you know, mm. ultimately. There mm. should be a place to look to find out the happening places to go. Mm. Um, at the moment, there's not. There's, there's slightly similar solutions, but there's, that, that's the overall kind of goal and vision.
0: Amazing. And so going back to, like, you set up a company in Dubai. What's your view of the city as an entrepreneur?
1: It's great. I mean, you know, it's, there's a load of entrepreneurs here. Like it's a great place to start, but it's also very challenging to actually incorporate and set up. Um, Maybe it's like the lack of knowledge about how, you know, you go about structuring the business and and so on. But, you know, it's a great place. It's been a brilliant place to develop the product, to meet investors, to hire great talent. Um, But, you know, the goal has always been you know, create the product here, build the team, but...
0: Go to market and then go further.
1: Exactly. You know, we, we could have, we could have waited, you know, we could have planned to stay in Dubai for, and, and you know, got, because at the moment we're, we're very small, right? But we wanted to create the product, create something that works and people are using without, you know, putting any money in basically, and then look at scaling quickly. So this has always been the kind of plan to create something, but then ultimately have the team here, but get ourselves to a to, to bigger marketplace, basically.
0: Brilliant. Uh cool. We're out of time, Josh. But as we finish and it's Friday, so looking forward to the weekends. Of course. If someone's listening and they're looking for what to do, obviously they should download Playbook, the app. And but are there any two or three th- places that you think are good value this weekend? You don't there. have any favourites. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um Eva Beach Club just opened up. It's a Beautiful, great you know. mix between obviously like a, a, a beach club and a restaurant. Mm. I highly recommend that. Mum just signed up to, to Playbook. They're so like, getting the, a few mentions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like they've got spend 600, get 800 for, for two. So you nice. get 200 earrings. So there's added value. Okay. Um, so there's, there's too few. So I'm there's an yeah, afternoon at yeah. the
0: beach club and then a nice dinner to finish the exactly. day off. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for sharing your story, Josh. Cool. Appreciate it. And we'll follow Playbook in future.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers. Great.
0: Thanks. Okay, so there you have it, that's Playbook. Uh, interesting concept, I'm certainly gonna check it out. Uh, you know, lots of great te- themes there that we normally come up with. So how to get a business off the ground, how to build an app, uh, how, where to license your business in Dubai, and how to get going, how to get it out to the market. Uh, and Josh was really honest about how the struggles and the pains that he's had to get this going. Uh, so it's great to hear that there are those type of people and those type of companies trying to get off the ground. And who knows? definitely one to follow and to see how it goes in the future thank you to uh, all the people working on this podcast so from ali uh, producer ali and shahir and vishnu uh putting this together and the team that are going to help um distribute this there'll be an article as always uh of the podcast on love in dubai on saturdays uh this goes out every friday on smashy.tv uh apps uh audio podcast you search for Dubai works uh and then uh it also uh will be uh, available uh uh on all our smart TV devices uh so thanks for listening and we'll be back next week at 11am on Friday